Good day, everybody, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Eldorn's Nerdy Travels, and I really hope you enjoy your journey with me. everybody and welcome back to Eldorn's Nerdy Travels. My name is Andrew and I'm the host of the show and you're listening to episode number two. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you are all having a wonderful day. I know I am. I was able to score some free McDonald's for lunch today. So uh, yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, and other than that, I'm feeling pretty excited. I am excited to be doing another episode of the show. Yeah, I've received quite a bit of feedback since episode one. Uh, and even got a few emails that we'll get into later. Yeah, receiving feedback and having conversations about the podcast, uh, yeah, really motivates me to keep going and to be here today and uh, keep the show going. But yeah, in in general, I'm excited about the podcast, excited about learning more about content creation and uh, diving into the streaming side a little bit more as well. We have Extra Life coming up next week. And uh, yeah, I've been spending lots of time getting my stream all set up, making it look pretty and... Yeah, I've made some, made some cool stuff, made some cool new stinger transitions and new webcam masks and yeah, setting up my stream deck and all that sort of stuff and it's all been really cool. And I am looking forward to streaming next week for Extra Life and uh, not only that but doing regular streams as well. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with Extra Life, uh, it's an event where yeah, basically gamers get together, um, yeah, they get together and raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Uh, the official game day is this coming weekend on November 6th. Uh, unfortunately, I had some other commitments that day, so I'm going to be streaming the following week on November 11th and the 13th. Uh, on the 13th, I will be streaming solo on my Twitch stream from 9 to 3 p.m., 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And on the 13th, I will be once again joined by my dear friend, Justin, and we will be streaming all day from 6 a.m. all the way up, up until midnight that night. So far, I've been very happy with our fundraising efforts. We've managed to raise $350 already, and uh, I'm pretty hopeful that we're going to be able to reach our goal of $500. Uh, if we do, we're going to have, or one lucky donator is going to receive the uh, the Sam's and Emmy Amiibo combo pack. And yeah, if we do something crazy and we double our goal, uh, one lucky donator is going to receive a pair of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword Joy-Con. So that's all pretty cool. And we have a couple other prizes as well. We have uh, some eShop gift cards and we have some Amiibo cards or yeah, Animal Crossing Amiibo cards as well. So yeah, if you'd like to hear any more information on that fundraiser, you can head on, head on over to my Extra Life page and you can find a link to that in the show notes. Okay, so while we're still talking about video games, over the last week I finished my first playthrough of Metroid Dread. I'm going to try to keep this chat um, as spoiler-free as possible. So if you haven't played Metroid Dread yet, you shouldn't have anything to worry about in terms of spoilers. But yeah, I've uh, very much enjoyed the game. The gameplay was really tight, responsive. Samus moved yeah, really cool. All the bosses were cool. Um, and the game was really beautiful. So this was only the second Metroid I've ever played, the other being Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. But now that I've played this one, I'm really excited to go back and play through the rest of the series. Uh, as I said, I got the 3DS game in at Fan Expo. So I will be jumping into that one probably shortly into the new year. 
uh, and then eventually playing the rest of the series as well. But uh, because I hadn't, I didn't play the other games. I feel like I that probably hampered my understanding of the story a little bit. Uh, I mean, for the most part, they get the story doesn't really matter for the game. You're there to you're there to explore the world or explore the planet that you are on, get power ups, unlock more areas, fight more bosses, fight more monsters, that sort of thing. So the story's not huge, but it's there and it's it's pretty interesting from what I could tell. Not yeah, like I was saying, doesn't didn't really make a hundred percent sense to me. I guess uh, yeah, I'm gonna kind of chalk that up to not playing the other games. But yeah, that didn't really affect my enjoyment of the gameplay or anything at all though. I only ended up collecting around 46% of the items in the game, but uh, as far as I, I know, there are no optional bosses or challenges after the final boss, so I didn't feel super compelled to go back and become more powerful. So, but the one thing that's kind of making me feel like I do want to go back and get it is some of the some of the upgrades were positioned in neat ways that really required you to use your abilities in inter interesting ways, and it may be worth uh, getting those upgrades just to solve those puzzles. So as far as I know, the, the upgrades that I have left are just more health and more missiles and, and more power bomb capacity. So yeah, now that I've beat the final boss, I don't feel particularly compelled to gather all those up if there's no other optional bosses or anything. Yeah, it's not like I'm missing any of the cool power-ups or whatever, because I think all those are tied to the story or just tied to the general progression. And um, yeah, I don't think any of those are missable. But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed all of the all of the power ups. Um, by the end of the game, Samus seems incredibly powerful, and that makes it super fun. So yeah, the bosses themselves they were very cool. I found them challenging, but not super frustrating. I feel like the bosses had uh, clearly communicated tells that would that would alert you to the move that they're going to do or whatever, and it was just a matter of yeah, understanding those tells and being able to react to them quickly. And being able to dodge all the fights once you could, once you could dodge all the attacks um, properly, then yeah, of course the the fights were not too difficult after you can master the dodge. I found that the uh, the melee counter was pretty heavily emphasized throughout the game. I feel like when you got the melee counter down for a b specific boss or or mini boss or something, that made the fight uh, significantly easier than trying to push your way through it. And some of the fights you might even have to nail the melee counters to win it seemed like that was the case so uh, yeah that was cool definitely a lot of emphasis into the melee counters and kind of makes those exciting as well they're just kind of little quick time events that you had to make sure you used your counter attack at a specific time or whatever um i didn't quite nail that on the on the emmy encounters but uh when you are able to get that counter attack on the emmys it really made those sequences a lot easier so yeah, it's definitely worth trying to put the time into master those counterattacks and get get those emmy emmy attacks under control. And yeah, the game, like I said, the game was beautiful. The animations are all really cool, and the environment environments are gorgeous. And yeah, I really like like the water and the waves and the snowy icy places. Um, and the magma. Yeah, lots of cool different environments that you got to travel to, and yeah, the game looked really neat. Uh, the only complaint I think I really have is that I felt like by the end of the game, I feel like it should have still been a little bit easier to travel around. As I was getting a few of the upgrades and stuff, I, you can see it on your map. There's a little section that'll be glowing or flashing white. Uh, and you know that in that block on the map that there's an item that you haven't been able to get yet. And I just found like it took a little while to get over to those blocks sometimes. 
and I would have liked to see that a little bit faster, but it's possible maybe that there are there are some more secrets and stuff that I, I had missed out on because I didn't get everything, but uh, that seemed to be my, my only complaint, but uh, yeah, other people are speedrunners and stuff are beating this game within like 90 minutes, so I'm pretty sure this one's just on me. So yeah, it took me just over 10 hours of in-game time to get through to the final boss. Uh, that doesn't count times uh, time spent on deaths and restarting and that sort of thing, but just g gameplay time was about 10 hours. And yeah, I very much enjoyed the game, and I highly recommend it to uh, to anyone who thinks that sounds it sounds interesting. So now that I'm finished Metroid Dread, I it's time for me to pick another game off of my list. So I want to keep the Switch train rolling so I can keep playing games on my shiny new OLED Switch. But I, I only have three left in my backlog that I haven't finished yet. And that's Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Sonic Mania, and WarioWare. So the plan is on the 13th, I'm going to be playing WarioWare with Justin on uh, during our Extra Life stream. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be playing through that. I think that's only a couple hours for the story mode. And then, of course, you can spend more time on, on the mini games and that sort of thing. And yeah, I've been I've been slowly working my way through streaming some of the 3D All-Stars collection on my stream. So that just leaves Sonic Mania. Um, I've never been a huge Sonic fan. I ended up purchasing this one for the kids a while back because they had they were kind of interested in Sonic. They thought he was a cool character um, and it was on sale. So I purchased that probably even a couple years ago at this point. And I agree. I also think he's a cool character, but I'm not sure I love playing his games. So, admittedly, I've never finished a Sonic game before, though I've got pretty far in the original. So Sonic Mania seems to be kind of, a, or it seems to be a mashup of a remake of the original stages, like from Sonic 1. And then I think it's got new levels as well. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that's kind of the idea of Sonic Mania. And I'm on about the eighth level or so. Yeah. Yeah, initially when I started playing the game, I was yeah still a bit frustrated. Same thing uh, that I remembered about Sonic. Uh, Sonic wants to go fast, and then I feel like I'm missing all the stuff in the level, or either that, or he's just going too fast, and then I end up just running into spikes or something. And yeah, that that never feels great. And I also don't feel like the levels always do a great job of telling me telling me where I want to go, because sometimes you're heading left, and then you're heading right, and you're heading left again, and. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily feel like I'm going, ever feel like I know where I'm going uh, until I just happen to be at the final boss for the stage. And then, and then here we are, there we are. Yeah, after playing a couple stages, I was pretty much ready to retire this game and scratch it off the list. But uh, then I got to level six, act two, the chemical plant. And yeah, that level brought in a whole bunch of new uh, cool mechanics like the propulsion gel from Portal 2 and like sticky gel and stuff. And, um, and then, yeah, I got to the final boss of that stage, and you play Puyo Puyo Tetris, or not Puyo Puyo Tetris, but you play Puyo Puyo or Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine against Eggman. And I thought that was really cool to transition over from playing a regular stage into playing Puyo Puyo. And then, yeah, that was the boss fight. That was really cool. And then also there's a really cool like anime-style cutscene at the beginning of the game that was really interesting, and I really enjoyed that. So, I mean, that's nothing related to gameplay, but I thought it was cool and wanted to mention that as well. And then, yes, it's preparing. I was playing a little bit more this morning, which is was after I made these notes, but I also got to a trash compactor boss where the walls are slowly closing in, a la Star Wars. And uh, you have to defeat, like, the claw thing that's dropping garbage on you. And, uh, yeah, that was also really cool. So I think there's enough cool stuff in this game to warrant playing through the rest of it just to, 
just to see what the rest of the bosses are like and to see what else they have in store for me. Um, and I don't think the game is very long either. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I looked up how many levels there were, and there's like 26 of them. So I'm already, already about a third of the way through the game. So I think we're going to tough it out and play through the rest of it and give you guys an update on that when I finish it. So yeah, if there are any Sonic fans that are listening, I would I would love to hear about why you love the Sonic games or Sonic franchise. And is it just nostalgia or do you think the games are really good? Maybe you have uh, some insights as to why the game is better than I think it is. But like I said, there's some cool stuff and I'm looking forward to playing through the rest of the game and finding the rest of the, the good parts through the frustrating parts. All right, so moving away from video games for a little while, um, we've started our next cosplay project. You can follow us over on crestedgecko.cosplay on Instagram there. Um, link in the show notes again, of course. And uh, yeah, we started making some Keyblades from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Yeah, Angela is making the Rainfell Keyblade, uh, Aqua's Keyblade, and I'm going to be building Ventus's Wayward Wind. Just started on those we're working on making some some frames for the keyblades and we're trying to do that out of epoxy and and fiberglass rods this is the first time we've tried this i haven't seen anybody else do this so i'm kind of i don't i'm a little skeptical that's going to work i think the joints are going to be too weak but but we'll see how that goes we're going to get flex back in those blades again so i might have to work something else out but uh we'll see if this works first and yeah, one more topic before we get into emails. We sadly had to go for our last scuba dive of the year this past Tuesday. Water temperature is just getting a little bit too cold for us. Yeah, we so we did one more, our victory lap, uh, victory lap around the scuba park. And uh, yeah, the visibility was pretty good. Probably second or third best of the season. Not as good as it was about two weeks ago, but we were still able to see about 10, 15 feet in the water. And uh, yeah, just to give you guys a little bit of a rundown about what our scuba park's like. So we have a scuba park and uh, yeah, all the local shops and stuff use it for training. So there's got a, they've sunk a whole bunch of stuff in, uh, in the water there. Yeah, by the, uh, by the dock where we start, there's a, an upside down flipped car that was driven into the water at some point. Um, yeah, we're, we're in a canal, so there's, there's roads not too far away. So it's easy enough for cars to end up in there occasionally. Uh, so yeah, right by the dock, there's a car that has been flipped over, and that kind of um, indicates the start of our scuba park. And there's so there's a line that's tied to the car there, and it kind of goes around the scuba park in a loop, and then uh, yeah, it's tied off at all the all the cool, interesting things to look at. So we start at a yeah, we start at the dock, we jump off and check out the, the flip car that's right by the dock there, and then we fo start following the line. Uh, it takes us about 30 minutes or so to go go through the hall park. We go from the line and then we see, yeah, the first thing you come to is like a uh, an underwater, like top of a, top of scaffolding kind of thing. It's like a platform and uh, there's schools of fish tend to pool or school up around it. So that's always pretty cool. I really like diving with the fishes. It makes me happy. Yeah, after we leave the platform, uh, we continue swimming throughout the park, and there's a few more sunken cars that we swim by, uh, and there's like a cool mock-up of a submarine uh, that people have kind of just welded together. I think it's mostly made out of old propane tank, um, but they kind of welded a bunch of parts on it to make it look like a submarine, so that's kind of cool. And uh, yeah, there's some more scaffolding. 
And yeah, the uh, coolest part of the park is uh, there's a sunken boat at the one side of it. Yeah, they had sunk that boat there uh, quite a few years ago now. And yeah, it's a cool spot where there's always lots of fish, lots of panfish. There's a few few bass and a few perch as well. Um, but yeah, we had there was a ton of fish there this time. We had never seen quite that many, but uh, we ended up cutting the dive a little bit short because the water was getting pretty cold and we were getting pretty cold. Uh, I think it was down to about 57 and we don't have any of the fancy, we're not trained in dry suits or anything like that yet. So yeah, spending about once we were down there for half an hour in 57 degree water, we were starting to get pretty cold. So we cut it a little bit short. Yeah, it still ended up being down for about 38 minutes and then we uh, wrapped it up and packed up the dive gear for the season. So we'll be excited to do some more of that in the springtime. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, we're going to catch up on some of our crafting and get some more projects going for a few conventions that we're planning to attend next year. So with that, let's jump right into the emails that we received. We've got two emails to cover this week, one from Adam and one from Matt. And if you would also like to talk nerdy with me, then you can send me an email just like them at eldorn14 at gmail.com. So from Adam, he says, Hello, Sir Andrew. Congratulations on your new show. I have two things I'd like to hear you discuss. What is it about Japanese culture that resonates with you? What suggestions would you make to someone who has previously shrugged off stuff like manga or RPGs, or JRPGs, sorry. With unlimited resources, what single cosplay item would you choose to make? Until next time, Adam. Why, thank you, Adam. So... Let's dive into question number one first. I think I thought about this one quite a bit, and it's hard to say for sure. I I mean, the short answer is I just think it's cool. But uh, yeah, ever ever since I was a kid, it was always the Japanese thing that uh, are always the Japanese things that I thought were the most interesting. Uh, it wasn't that like I go out of my way and be like, "Ooh, this thing is from Japan, therefore I shall like it." It was more like the culture chooses the wizard, as it were. But yeah, like all my favorite. Uh, Favorite games growing up, Mario, Zelda, Final Fantasy. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time, but as I grew up, yeah, found out that they all come from Japan and even TV shows like Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all of it from Japan. But yeah, didn't realize it as a kid, of course, but always kind of stuck with me. And as far as suggestions go, I know I've already recommended Chrono Trigger to you, and that's definitely one of the most highly regarded JRPGs, and one of my personal favorites, so I would recommend giving that one a go. And if that's still not doing it for you, maybe try out something a bit more action-oriented, like a Tales game, or possibly Kingdom Hearts. I know I've recommended Kingdom Hearts to a few other people before, but uh, they didn't like it, so that's sad. Maybe you will, though. Hooray! Question two. So which cosplay item would I want to build? I think right now, um, I think the, the kind of the big project that would be like, this is an awesome big project, would be the G Warrior from Final Fantasy XIV. It's just like a really cool mech warrior that your character gets to pilot at one part of the game. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be a really cool full armor build with lots of LEDs and motorized parts and stuff. And I think that would just be really cool and really expensive and really fun to do. But probably not happening anytime soon. Maybe one day. Okay, thank you very much, Adam. Now moving on to Matt's question. He says, good morning, Eldorn. Um, good morning to you, Matt. I really enjoyed your first podcast. I've been to Fan Expo a couple times and always enjoyed myself. It's fun to hear how other people do a convention. I've got a couple questions for you. 
Matt, you do have a couple questions for me. I think I'm just going to take these one at a time and then answer them. How's that sound? Okay, question number one. I am not a comic nerd. What is manga and what is your favorite manga? Okay, here's the deal, Matt. I have never read a manga before. Shocking, I know. I've always intended to, but I haven't gotten around to it. Maybe one day. I have even pulled some out of the library and just haven't sat down to read through them. Oh, Angela has read a bunch, but uh, I have never read a manga. So, um, I guess that answers the second question as well. Or the second question, second part of the first question. Carrying on, number two. I've only cosplayed once and it was of, of fun. Lots of fun, I'm assuming. I dressed as Dr. Horrible. What has been your favorite to cosplay as? Do you and Angela often do cos couples cosplay? Which one has been most rewarding to do? What are your favorites to see other people do? So, lots of, cos lots of cosplay questions here. My favorite cosplay we have ever done was the Postman from a few years ago at Anime North. Uh, we dressed up as the Postman from The Legend of Zelda. And uh, we made up a whole bunch of letters and stuff. And anytime we saw somebody in... In, in a Link or Zelda or just any anything from, from Legend of Zelda, dressed up as anything from Legend of Zelda, we ran up to them and we handed them one of our handmade letters that had a nice little Enjoy, or Enjoy Anime North um, letter on the inside and it was all printed in Hylian, uh, in like a Hylian font we found online. So that was really cool. And uh, I know a few people got back to us afterwards and said they really enjoyed that and thought that was a fun idea. So I think that was one of the most fun or yeah, one of the most uh, fun things we've ever done at a convention. Um, and yeah, in terms of couple couples cosplay, we almost exclusively build costumes together that yeah, match in one way or another. Uh, most rewarding. Uh, not really sure. Most of our costumes have been pretty similar in scale. Uh, nothing too big and crazy, but uh but yeah, we're, we're slowly going to start building into some bigger projects in the near future. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with my current progress on my Deku Shield and Kokiri Sword as well. We got some new high-density foam, and that makes that stuff is making a big difference for us, I think. Uh, and in terms of favorites for to see other people do, uh, my favorites are always like the big, big foam builds. Foam is my favorite. I really like foam. And if you dress in a full suit of foam armor, I'm going to like it very much and want to take your picture. So, yes, I like foam. Foam, foam, foam. Question number three. You mentioned going to Japan. I'd love to hear about that trip you have planned. Do you have a length of time, itinerary, etc.? And what sparked your interest in Japan? So yeah, our plan is to go to Japan for... Um, the plan is about 10 days, and we're just going to Tokyo this time. And we're going to be staying in Akihabara, and that's kind of like the otaku mecca of the world. It's filled with anime and video game and nerd culture and lots of arcades and that sort of thing right up our alley. Uh, and we are very excited to be able to go. Hopefully, we're going to try to go in April once again. Maybe this time they will open the borders and we can go and have so much fun and it'll be great. And what sparked my interest in Japan? Well, pretty much what I said to Adam earlier is just... Uh, yeah, I've loved Japanese things ever since I was a kid, and it's stuck with me my whole life, and I haven't been able to make it over there yet, and really looking forward to. Question number four. What challenges have you encountered in podcasting? Is there something you didn't know would be a thing until you tried it? Uh, so yeah, so far my biggest uh, challenge in podcasting is just trying to keep my 
my voice and my sounds controlled and just trying to control my breathing a little bit and that sort of thing, which I definitely didn't do again this episode. I'm going to be editing a lot. Um, I just get so excited to talk about things and then I forget to uh, keep focusing on my breathing and and not making weird mouth sounds because nobody wants to hear weird mouth sounds in a podcast. So Matt says, thanks, and I'll be waiting for every episode. Well, thanks, Matt. I will have this one out to you tomorrow. It should be out on Friday. Signed, Matt the Moot. Okay, that is all for this week. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, I will be streaming this coming week on Thursday for Extra Life. Um, Thursday and Saturday. Saturday is going to be the big one. That's going to be fun. Justin's going to be over. We're going to play lots of games. There's going to be lots of prizes. Uh, so yeah, if you have some time to come say hi to us, we would really appreciate it. Because streaming um, and chatting to people is super fun. And yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, yeah, I think Extra Life is a really cool cause, a really good cause. And it's nice to raise money for yeah for the children's hospitals doing something really cool while doing something kind of nerdy and dorky that we like to do but it's a really cool thing that we get uh, get gamers together from all over the world and we raise lots and lots of money and uh, have a good time doing it as well so yeah thank you very much for listening and i will talk to you guys next week have a great day